Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your Word together. We invite the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and God to give us listening ears, receptive hearts, and open minds. We receive now all that you have for us through your Word, dear Heavenly Father, declaring that we'll be changed from glory to glory by your Spirit, according unto your Word, in Jesus' name, amen. It says in verse 28 of Acts 15, For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. I want you to notice a major reason why the first century leaders were successful. And that reason is because they cooperated with the Holy Ghost. Do you notice that? It seemed good to us and to the Holy Ghost. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Ghost. See, they knew the Word of God, but they also learned about the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And as a result of acknowledging his leadership, they were successful. They walked with him, allowing him to lead them, to guide them, to direct them into everything that God had for them. You know, Jesus himself said that when the Holy Ghost would come, he would lead us and guide us into all truth. He would reveal to us future events, things that were going to take place down the road somewhere. And, you know, I believe that sometimes we can rest assured, even when circumstances may not seem to be lining up, that we've got a peace in our heart by the Holy Ghost given to us that things are going to work out all right. In some cases with our children, you know, it may not appear as though our children are maybe walking exactly where they need to walk with God or in God, but God gives you by the Holy Ghost a peace on the inside of you that it's all right. You put some good things in them and you allow me to deal with them. I thank God for the Holy Ghost. In that regard, don't you? I thank God for the Holy Ghost because, you see, He keeps us in faith. When I realize that we know some things about the Holy Ghost, but I believe there's a lot more things to know, don't you? And so tonight, just for a little bit, I want to share with you some things that will help renew our minds. How many of you know that we have to be constantly reminded of the things of God? See, that means to restore to a right condition. You see, but my mind's in a good, sound condition. Well, that may be true partially, but there's a part of it I believe that, you know, is not. Sometimes we think wrong because we're not lining up with the thoughts of God. We're not thinking in line with the Holy Ghost. We might be thinking one way, but the Holy Ghost has another thought in mind. And if we don't line up with the thinking of the Holy Ghost, then we're going to be misled and misguided. And that's why we need to constantly be reminded we can let things slip. We can forget about what God said the Holy Ghost would do for us. Amen. Thank God for that amen corner there. I appreciate that. <laughs> Glory to God. So, as you hear the Word of God tonight, just be mindful of the fact that, number one, this could just renew your mind. <laughs> Help you be mindful of <laughs> of the things that you've already learned. That's okay. Let her listen. <laughs> Secondly, <laughs> we can have our faith in the Holy Ghost refined. 
Did you hear that? I mean, did you really hear that? You can have your faith in the Holy Ghost refined. That means purified. You can have your faith purified or polished or improved. And very often we need that to take place. Any of you ladies out there have any kind of silverware that oftentimes needs to be polished? I mean, it's still silver, right? But it gets tarnished. And so you get some polishing, you know, materials and you polish it up and it looks real bright and beautiful. How many of you have ever done that? Amen. Usually the, the, the guys are supposed to do that, you know, help out a little bit. I heard a bunch of yes from the <laughs> amen corner there. But it looks a whole lot better when it's polished up. And our, our faith in the Holy Ghost can also be refined. That's why we want to have meetings like this. See, sometimes we go on day by day and we forget about the things the Holy Ghost will do. See, and our faith is not as polished or as refined as it needs to be with regard to the Holy Ghost and, and His ability to help us succeed in life. But there's also a third thought here I think will help us very much, and that is our spirits can be refreshed when it comes to the ministry of the Holy Ghost. See, very often we need to have a refreshing in spirit. And especially in the days in which we live, our spirits need to be refreshed. And that means to be reinvigorated. I don't know about you, but I've come to have a reinvigorated spirit. I like it when my spirit's revived. It's like when you're, you know, somewhat tired, sleepy, you doze off a little bit, and then you get that little nap and you wake up revived. You've got that energy. You see, you're refreshed, reinvigorated, revived, motivated. That's what it means. It, it means to replenish us with a supply uh, of new energy. And we need that very often. I mean, every single one of us. They that wait upon the Lord shall have their strength renewed. They shall renew their strength. They're replenished with spiritual energy. And that's another reason why we've got to have these kinds of meetings. And we can't go on too long without having them because what happens is that energy level can diminish or decrease. That faith, you see, can be tarnished. Our thinking can be off when it comes to the, the actual ministry of the Holy Ghost and what He's really wanting to do among us. And He wants to do a mighty work, I believe, with all my heart. He wants to do a mighty work among all saints, among all believers. And yet He is so limited. Why? Because their minds aren't renewed. Because their faith is not refined. And because their spirits are not refreshed or reinvigorated. And that's what we want. So that the Holy Ghost can move upon us and among us in a powerful way. Now, I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to John's Gospel, chapter 3. You see, way back when, these early leaders, they knew they had the freedom to accept or reject the ministry of the Holy Ghost. They understood that. But they also knew that if they did neglect or reject the ministry of the Holy Ghost, they would deny themselves of many blessings. I could imagine what took place on the day of Pentecost when they looked at each other and saw what they saw and heard what they heard and experienced what they experienced. Can you imagine that evening? Can you imagine that evening after, you know, the days gone by and then they sit back together and, and, and look at each other and say, what just happened? 
I mean, we were there just sitting down in the upper room like we're supposed to be there, like Jesus told us to be there and all that. And all of a sudden came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And they probably relived that over and over again. Rehearsed it that night. It's not like a locomotive. I mean, it just blew right into where we were sitting. All of a sudden, they're appearing cloven tongues like it's a fire and sent upon each of us. How'd you feel, John? Let me tell you, Pete. Should I say Peter? What was it like for you? I had this burning on the inside of me. I'll tell you what. Then my tongue caught a blaze. It was just set on fire. I couldn't do anything but just speak out in this other language. But it was much more than that. I want you to know something happened in, in my bones. In my inward parts, something just took hold of me. Remember what Jesus said about come and drink and out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And Peter, what about when you preach that message right afterward? We haven't seen that kind of boldness come out of you since you stepped out of the boat. He said, I don't know. Man, something just got a hold of me, just hit me, just set me on fire. And I just began to preach and it did not matter what they were going to do to me. I was operating in a new energy, a new power that I had never experienced before. Can you imagine what discussions they must have had that evening after that day of Pentecost? Like a whirlwind blew in. Did a tremendous work and then blew out. Praise God. And they discussed it. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 30. You see, a major reason why many struggle in the things of God, whether it be in ministry or just living for God, is because sometimes I think we fail to recognize certain principles that need to be applied to our lives daily. On a day-by-day basis, I believe the ministry of the Holy Ghost must increase and we must decrease. But you know, it's very easy for us to get involved in the things of God and increase in our own thoughts, our own ways, our own plans, and our own purposes and not in God's? Because you see, there's a set way we're supposed to be doing things, whether it be your ministry, whether it be your home or whatever. And you've got this thing planned out and that's the way it's supposed to be in your mind, in your thinking. And so that's how you go on living day by day. Well, beloved, if that's the kind of life we want, we can have it. But I believe the Holy Ghost has a more exciting life for us than that. That verse says right there something that should be applied to all of our lives. He must increase, but I must decrease. I want you to know the Holy Ghost was sent. This is His dispensation, and He is here to increase in us so that we might decrease. He wants to lead us in this life. He wants to direct us and guide us in all of life's affairs. He wants to impart to us greater measures of the anointing and the ability of the Father. The Holy Ghost is anxious, if I could say it that way, without being any dis- disrespectful whatsoever. He is anxious to move upon hearts of people so that He could anoint them to do the things of Jesus. 
But you see, it takes a willingness on the part of the individual. It seems good to us that we must yield to the Holy Ghost. It should seem good to us to yield to the Holy Ghost and do it His way and not our way. Amen? Amen. To listen to what He would have us to do in situations. It is so easy. For example, I use myself. It is so easy. After stating we're going to have a a faith class on Wednesday night, we're going to have teaching uh, on Sunday morning of whatever He leads us, and then Sunday night we're going to have a Holy Ghost meeting. It's so easy to stay with a pattern. But I had this unction on the inside of me that says, now I want you, it's time to have another Holy Ghost meeting because something is, is missing. See, it's right here on the inside. And I knew that. That's being led by the Holy Ghost. That's being led by the Spirit of God. That's allowing the Spirit of God to have His leadership in our lives. And when we do it His way, there's going to be an increase. If we don't do it His way, there's going to be a decrease. Whatever it is that you do for God, if you do it His way through obedience, you're going to have an increase. But if you just go out and do it your own way, there's going to be a decrease. Even though it may be certain things He told you to do at the beginning, you know, we need to know when to stop doing the things when the Holy Ghost wants us to stop doing things. Just because He inspired us to do something doesn't mean we can go on doing it forever. Because there may come a time He says, okay, it's time to stop that and it's time to start this. Do you know that? The Holy Ghost wants to, to really take hold of us, but He cannot do that apart from our cooperation. These leaders knew that. And they were sold out to the Holy Ghost. They were full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And as a result of their being filled with the Holy Ghost and learning how to be yielded to the Holy Ghost, He was able to do in them and through them great and mighty things. Well, beloved, I believe every single one of us potentially can be used in dynamic proportions by the Holy Ghost if we would yield ourselves. I believe we we could all have a supernatural walk with God if we learned to decrease, allowing Him to increase on the inside of us. If we'd learn to say, not my will be done, but thine be done, O Lord. If we'd learn to say, I deny myself to take up my cross and follow Jesus. If we learn to say, I set aside my plan, my purpose, and all that I would have or desire in this life to have yours, that will open up. Those decisions will open up new avenues through which the Holy Ghost will move powerfully in people's lives. And I mean to tell you, beloved, it's going to cause tremendous workings of of God's power among us, among individuals, among family units. Things are going to happen that will enable God to mightily manifest Himself and restore families, heal physical bodies, bring unsaved loved ones into the kingdom of God, touch rebellious children's hearts, Are you listening? Touching their hearts as only He can. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'm excited about what the Holy Ghost is going to do in the days that lie ahead. I am thrilled in my heart because I have on the inside of me, like I said, just an awareness that we've been talking about. Explosions of mightiness are going to take place and further take place. Now, don't miss what the Holy Ghost is saying. 
Sometimes people think explosions means there's going to be such a public display, and that could be a part of it. But I'm telling you, beloved, when you hear things like young people weeping before the Lord, crying out unto God, rededicating their hearts to Jesus, that's an explosion of almightiness. That is the Holy Ghost moving upon a person's life in dynamic proportions to get them to inwardly bow their knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, creating within them a heart hunger to serve the living God. Is that not an explosion indeed? And I don't know about you, but that's one of the greatest ones as far as I'm concerned. Man, when God can touch a heart like that and change it, that's powerful. And, but it's once again because people are listening and yielding to the Holy Ghost. Now, beloved, for tonight, I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Chronicles in chapter 7. I know you know the verse, but I'm telling you, beloved, it's, it's for us here tonight. Glory to God, it's for us here tonight. And we're going to be obedient to the Holy Ghost to do what He would have us to do so that He could have His way, so that He could increase and we would decrease and just begin to sit back and watch Him work among us. Hallelujah. You know, when Saul, who was anointed to be king, was obedient to do what God would have him to do, he had an increase of the anointing to operate in that office. But you know as well as I do that when Saul began to disobey God, there was slowly a diminishing of that anointing until one day it was finally gone. Now, I don't know about you, but the anointing of God to me is precious. What about to you? Words cannot even begin to express how valuable and how precious the gift of the Holy Ghost. Remember when David sinned against God doing the things that he did and he said, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a, a new heart, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. What was David crying out for? He was aware of the presence of the Spirit of the living God. And to him, it was more than his necessary bread. He thirsted for the, the, the presence of the power of God. He hungered for it in his life because he had a taste of it. You know, if you don't taste something, you don't have the hunger for it. Ever eat one potato chip? You taste it and boy, it just triggers off something in you that makes you want more, right? Well, David tasted the anointing of God. And he knew that what he did because of his disobedience, that anointing of God was diminishing in his life. And I'm telling you, he cried out, Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. I've been living the way... I'm going to put it in, in, in words that we can make very clear to understand. I've been living the way I want to live. I've been doing the things that I want to do. I have followed my fleshly desires. I've tried to skirt the issue of your commandments. I just did things my own way Lord, and I recognize that as a result, the anointing has diminished over my life. And boy, he had to sit back and weigh out too. What do you want, God? Or do you want self? And he recognized what his problem was. It was his heart attitude. He said, create within me a clean heart. And renew a right spirit within me. Forgive me of my sins. And take not thy 
Holy Spirit from me. That was his cry unto God. Beloved, God is speaking to our hearts and he is telling us there is much more to be had. There is much more to experience. And to those who will yield, there will be an increase of the anointing of God in their lives and ministries. There will be greater demonstrations and greater manifestations of Holy Ghost power as we learn how to more accurately cooperate with His ministry. These are the end times and God is preparing the church for the return of Jesus Christ. And the people of God have got to cooperate with the Holy Ghost because, you see, He is at work right now in the earth. He is following what He hears of the Father. He is trying to direct the hearts of people into what the Father is saying. He is trying to lead them and direct them and guide them so that the plan of God would be unfolded and unleashed among the people. It's not just those of us here in this tri-state area. It's everywhere throughout the world. I'm telling you, people throughout the world need to have a listening ear to hear what the Holy Ghost is saying. Because that is the voice of the Father being spoken to them so that they could align themselves up with the plan of God and stay actively involved in that. I'm telling you, we are told in the Word of God that there will come a time then when even the elect are going to be tempted to be deceived by the hand of the enemy and they're going to be tempted to be drawn away from the things of God, their hearts through fear can wax cold, lukewarm or, or lacking of faith, that longing desire for God and that zeal for God and that fire that once burned so brightly, diminishing in intensity because of the society, because of the environment, because of whatever, lethargy, and all these things that surround in this life. But God is speaking by His Spirit. He is saying to the masses today, if my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, bow before the presence of the Most High God. What does humble themselves mean? It's not my way any longer. I'm not looking to, to satisfy self. I want all that you have. I want to be a part of your plan. I want to cooperate with you in the earth to bring about the greatest move of God the world has ever seen. I want to be there when Jesus comes in those clouds of glory. I want to enter into the joy of my Lord. This is my longing desire. I want to be consumed with your, your zeal, the things that interest you in this life. If my people, Second Chronicles 7, 14, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Sometimes we don't think by just wanting to follow our own plan is wicked. But it is, beloved. Sometimes we don't think just wanting to think the way we think is wicked. But it is, according to God. Can you see that? Sometimes we don't think saying what we want to say is wicked. But it is. See, this doesn't mean that we're out there killing somebody or robbing stores 
or committing adultery or fornication or anything like that. Beloved, when it's our way in the sight of God, it's wicked. When it's God's way, praise God, that's all we need. It's perfect. It's beautiful. Can you see that? I'll say my heart cries out to God right now. I don't want my way done in this assembly. I don't want my way done as far as this property is concerned, the building is concerned, and everything else is concerned. I want the way of the Lord. What about you? I want the way of God. I'm ever mindful of the fact that I must seek the face of God so that I can have my thoughts agreeable to His will, that my plans are established in Him and they succeed. I don't know about you, but in my will of the Lord to be done. Amen. Among my household, in my household, I want the way of God. I want the will of God. I want the plan of God. Whatever it is He would have me to do, wherever it is He would have me to go, whatever it is He wants me to say, praise God. That's what He's saying. If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves and say, look, I am no longer planning out my long-range plan for my life without you guiding me, leading me, and directing me by your Spirit. And you know what, Lord? I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to repent and turn from that wicked way. And when it comes to the zeal of God being lost, the fire of God being lost, you know, that fire is still there, but it can be diminished in intensity. How many of you know that? Just a little spark. I realize that's all it takes to set something ablaze, but I don't want it just to be a little spark. Man, there was a time when people were absolutely hungering and thirsting for the things of God. They could not wait to get around the people of God. They couldn't wait to pray. Couldn't wait to hear the Word of God, to worship God. And you know what, beloved? The longer a person becomes a Christian, if they're not careful, they can take the things of God and make them mundane. Do you realize that? We need to protect our hearts from that kind of a spiritual attitude inwardly. And we need to once again, like David said, Oh, Lord, create once again in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. And may the Holy Ghost have leadership in my life. And may His ministry increase. And may I decrease. I want all that there is. And I'm crying out to you for all that there is. That's the true art of prayer. Turn from their wicked ways. I would hear from heaven. Beloved, listen to me carefully. God is bending His ear toward the earth right now. God is saying, I am listening to the plea of your heart. As you cooperate with me, so will I cooperate with you. And I will move upon your loved ones. I will move upon your household. I will move in your church. I will move in your community. I will move and I, as you repent, and turn from your way and say, I'm going to cooperate with you, Lord. I'm, a, I'm going to do it your way. I resign myself to the fact that apart from your leadership and direction, there is no success. It no longer matters to me what the world says about success because as far as I'm concerned, there is no success outside of Christ. There is no success outside of the move of God. My success is born of thee. I want to be successful in you, O Lord. I'm turning from my wicked way. I'm repenting. Praise God. He says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive your sin. I will heal your land. 
Beloved, I believe that God wants to unleash that power among us. And whatever it is that needs healed, whatever it is that God needs to do to bring healing to us, He will. Whether it be our physical bodies, whether it be emotional status, whatever it is, if there's a sick condition of spirit, God's going to move. God is going to move because we are going to create a power through prayer that's dynamic in its working. We are going to generate in this place here tonight a power of God that is going to absolutely allow the Holy Ghost to move in this place like we've never seen Him move before. We are going to see people being yielded to the Holy Ghost like they've never been yielded to be before as a result of heartfelt prayer. For the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. Tremendous power available. Dynamic in its working. Beloved, healing at any level is a, is a work of the power of God. And we can cooperate with God by the Holy Ghost and generate a power that is so dynamic that it absolutely touches not only a church, but a community. I don't know about you, but I'm looking to God to touch the community in which we live. I'm looking to God through His mighty power to touch people in high places around us. I'm looking to God. I'm believing God for bigger and better things for us in this place. And I say in high places because that's the way we're going to affect this community by reaching people in high places. And tonight, the Holy Ghost is leading us to pray. Just as they did back in Acts chapter 2. You might think, well, that sounds, sounds like it's just too far out there. I'm going to tell you something, beloved. What about what Peter did in Acts chapter 2? Preaching with all those leaders there in Jerusalem. What happened? Are you ready to really grab hold together with God by the Holy Ghost so that we can make a marked difference in this community in which we live? Are you ready to take hold together every single one of us and say, I want what God wants in this place? And I'm going to do my part in prayer. And I am going to be relentless in prayer, believing prayer, that is, believing God for these great things so that we can be affected, the community can be affected, and the lives of those around us will be touched by the power of God. Are you ready? Are you a willing vessel? I mean, are you sensing this, this urgency in your spirit to do so now because we must take our place and do our part cooperating with the Holy Ghost? We're going to see families touched. We're going to see lives changed. We're going to see miracles take place. We're not going to take a back seat. We expect God for mighty things because He's a great God, a big God, a powerful God. And we're expecting explosions. Beloved, through obedience, we'll have the increase. And I, I want to be obedient to God. I don't know about you, but that's my longing desire right now is to be obedient to God, to have this manifestation among us. We're not here to be entertained. We are here to put God on display. To let the Holy Ghost demonstrate who God is to this community around us. Beloved, I'm expecting God 
to restore relationships among people. I'm expecting people who have had differences with each other to start realizing how petty those differences are and to get those differences under the blood of Jesus Christ so that the Holy Ghost can have freedom to move in a greater and more dynamic way. I'm expecting strife to be absolutely wiped out from among the people of the body of Christ. I'm expecting selfishness and wrong desires to be absolutely... I expect competitive spirits to be absolutely uh, abolished. But I'm expecting God to do a work among us that is so powerful that each of us is going to take his or her part in it, allowing the love of God to prevail allowing the Holy Ghost to move so that we can be a part of ushering in the soon coming return of our Savior and Lord. And with those words and those thoughts, I want us to gather around this altar together right now, if you would, please. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.